18 minutes it is now before 8 uh, p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk with me, Ayabonga Tawe. And uh, of course, it is uh, a mini budget day and uh, we are reflecting and we're going to be doing so just after 8 p.m. on uh, what has come out of the uh, medium-term budget policy statement. But before we do that, uh, today on our business wrap, we're going to be taking a look at uh, the work of uh, one of our industrial development zones and uh, that is the East London uh, IDZ, a provincial entity uh, listed under Schedule 3D of the uh, PFMA. And uh, it's uh, certainly one of the entities that uh, for a long time has uh, given a material effect uh, to our government's SEZ policies. It uh, was established in 2002 as uh, one of uh, the uh, South African special economic zones, uh, then uh, referred to as IDZs, to uh, boost foreign direct investment drive regional and provincial economic growth, and develop meaningful job opportunities for local communities. And if you know anything about the economy of the Eastern Cape, you would know how important the uh, automotive sector and uh, its uh, uh, component suppliers are to the economy of the Eastern Cape and uh, the role that agriculture also plays and agri-processing plays uh, in that uh, neck of the woods. And, uh, of course, one would think that uh, this particular IDZ fits like a hand to a glove uh, in uh, the economic fortunes of those sectors. I'm joined on the line now to speak about uh, the uh, IDZ in East London by Mr. Tembela Zweni, and uh, he's the Chief Operations Officer at the IDZ. COO, good evening to you, Mr. Gunjan. Uh, good evening, Ayabong, and Metro FM listeners. And thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Let's maybe, I guess, start off uh, uh, by getting some brief background to the genesis of this uh, IDZ. I mean, we know that uh, Imondi is uh, a very strategic port, uh, not only for the Eastern Cape, but for South Africa as well. And uh, and not so far, of course, uh, from the port of East London uh, is uh, historically the uh, operations of uh, Mercedes-Benz and uh, many of uh, its uh, different iterations historically. But uh, the IDZ comes in in uh, 2002. And in that kind of context, what, what role was it initially envisaged to play? Well, uh, maybe let me first say that, you know, the Islam and IDZ was uh, indeed established uh, in 2002 through the South African Development Zones Program. Now, in fact, it's been changed to become Special Economic Zones Program. Mm. Um, at the time, you know, uh, were operated as an initiative of the Manufacturing Development Act, uh, number 187 of 1993. Um, the purpose of us being established was actually boost both uh, foreign and domestic direct investment. I think I should make a distinction between uh, direct investment and portfolio investment because mm. by direct investment, I mean um, the company actually investing on the machinery and the building. In other words, in the productive capacity of the area rather than just buying shares uh, at the Jonas Beck Stock Exchange, you know, and wait for the dividends to come. The other purpose was to try and drive the regional and provincial economic growth. And uh, lastly, I think you quite rightly said it uh, to develop the meaningful job opportunities for the local communities. And align the, the word they're meaningful because it means it's not just jobs, it's quality permanent jobs that were meant to be created. 
And 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 when you take a look at uh, those kinds of jobs, I mean, we know historically across the world, especially in the Chinese experience, that you know SEZs um, like the ELIDZ are often uh, attractive on the basis of the kind of I guess services and ease of setup that is often associated with that. And in some cases, we even see tax breaks or relaxation of certain labor laws and the like. What is the offering of the ELIDZ uh, to uh, prospective and potential investors uh, aimed at attracting them uh, to invest um, in some of the capabilities that uh, you've just referred to? Well, if I were to just sum up, you know, what we offer the mm. companies to come in is actually what we call uh, soft lending. In other yes. words, um, yes, we, we, we allow the company to focus on its core business while you are taking care of the peripheral matters uh, that also help to support that operation. Um, but more importantly, we have developed an infrastructure, uh, world-class infrastructure, uh, that makes us attractive, you know, to the foreign direct investments that come into our location. We provide security, um, I think the bottom line, as I was saying, is, 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 is that we, we have created an environment or a platform uh, where the investor will come in and plug in into the already existing infrastructure. Um, our services, uh, rather our sites, are all serviced with electricity supply, with uh, water, with roads. So uh, the company just come in and plug in into what is already ex- ex- existing there so that they can be able to focus on their core business. Mm. And uh, what then becomes, uh, I guess, the, the other attractions? I mean, I like the point you make about infrastructure, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, one would also think that there are already competitive and comparative advantages of East London as a destination that alongside that infrastructure uh, would make it an attractive proposition. One of those is, uh, you know, ease of access to, I guess, uh, you know, a, a, a deep sea port not so far from where the IDZ is, and even an airport not so far. Yes. You're quite correct. Uh, we, we call that the multimodal connection uh, in terms of logistics because we are only um, uh, two kilometers to the airport and six kilometers to the port, and we are connected to all the major economic centers of South Africa via road. Um, but more importantly also is our people because we're mm. a group of professional people who make sure that uh, they deliver quality customer service to the investors that come and knock at our doors. Mm. We've also mm. put together, you know, through the support of the of both um, national, um, in fact, all spheres of, of government there, yeah, I did that stuff, or rather, as is that specific incentive now that the company, when they come and set up in our zone, they can actually uh, get into them. Mm-hmm. And one of those, for instance, uh, we are able to uh, build for the, the company uh, when they come into our zone. There's a special economic zone fund that TTI is actually offering for us to be able to put up the job structures, there's various other incentives of building allowances, employment tax incentives, corporate income tax incentives, where, for instance, um, they pay only 15% uh, mm. instead of 28% company tax. Um, there's also what they call customs controlled area, where they 
you know, they, 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 they import QT and that free of the imports um, and also export uh, without paying any duty or, or VAT. They will only pay those things if they start now selling into the local market. So mm. all those, they are they're actually assisting us uh, to to make us, you know, a competitive location. Hence now we call, we are being called special economic zone. There's something special about Okay. So oh, I'd like us to, to maybe pause there for a second uh, while we quickly take a spot break. So, when we come back, uh, I want us to maybe speak about some of the tenants that you have there. I even know uh, of uh, one entity that uh, produces tablets and smartphones uh, there at uh, the IDZ all the way out in East London. And you will tell us all about that on the other side of this brief break. Seven minutes it is before 8 p.m. And uh, it's our wrap of uh, the uh, business of the day. And today we're doing it slightly differently, catching up with uh, one of our provincial public entities, uh, the uh, uh, East London Industrial Development Zone. And uh, they are listed under Schedule 3D of the Public Finance Management Act. And they've been around since the year 2002. And I'm joined by uh, the uh, Chief Operations Officer at the East London IDZ, uh, Mr. Tembela Zweni. And uh, Zweni, I, I was saying before the break that uh, I mean, I'd be quite interested uh, with all of the attractions that you've mentioned to uh, get a sense of which uh, uh, entities have indeed been attracted to the ELIDZ. And uh, I made mention of one that I know uh, is uh, manufacturing smartphones and tablets uh, there at the ELIDZ. I think it's called Yegani Group. Uh, but uh, who are the other tenants uh, that uh, uh, occupy the ELIDZ? Um, yeah, um, thanks, thanks, thanks for the question, Um Look, we currently have um, 32 companies that are operational in the zone. Mm. I'm not sure if I should name all of them. Perhaps I should uh, talk about the sectors that are there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the main sector for us uh, is, is automotive. I think uh, you did allude to that uh, in your mm. opening group. Max, um, we, we, we have quite a number. In fact, uh, more than 50% of what we have is actually automotive. Uh, your, in the main first-tier suppliers, um, there's one or two two-tier suppliers, but they are all linked to Mercedes-Benz. But also now, they've started also branching out in terms of uh, servicing other OEMs in South Africa. Your VW in Utnik, your BMW uh, in, in, in uh, Pretoria, mm. and then and then followed by the we also have the alcohol processing that is taking place there the only dairy uh, processing plant. We also have um, a plastic manufacturing. In fact, uh, they are processing um, used uh, plastics into various oils. It's quite a, a high tech um, operation um, that. Uh, that is there, that is employing in the main, your spines, you know, and so on and so forth. Because one of the things that I was saying to you is to also be able to generate high quality jobs. Mm. There's also a few companies in, um, in, uh, in, in logistics, your warehousing, but most of the warehousing activity that is taking place there is actually in support of the companies that are actually operational in our platforms. Mm. 
Um, there is also a a photovoltaic manufacturer, a company by the name of ILB Helios. Mm. What's uh, that? Is, is that like renewables? Because we often see that, yes. you know, PV, Nando's, uh, Yes, it's renewable energy. Mm. Uh, uh, manufacturing of, of solar photovoltaic panels, um, okay. which will be then used in setting up solar farms. Um, so we have that in, in our zone. We also have a, a yeah, I think you, you, you've already mentioned the, uh, the ICT award. There is also um, a company in the pharmaceuticals, uh, you know, um, that uh, manufacture latex latex products. There is also one that is, you know, uh, it's not operational yet, but it's already been uh, fined. They are setting up now to become operational. Uh, investing, you would not think that would have a, 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 a mineral beneficiation plant, a diamond processing plant um, in our zone, but we do have it. So, yeah, that's the mix that we, we, we have. Our strategy is to try also and diversify the economy of this area, such that it does not solely depend on automotive. So, to balance the risk of that if automotive were to go down, I mean, were, were to um, have uh, uh, experience a uh, global downswing as, you know, what happened some years ago. I want to be able to be cautioned against that, but uh, it's not an easy thing, but we're getting there. Okay, all right. Let's maybe talk, uh, you touched earlier on, on uh, the uh, one of the best assets that you have to attract people into uh, the, the LIDZ, other people, how professional they are, how skilled they are. Uh, and I'd be quite interested, I guess, to hear from you uh, over the last five years or so, how many jobs uh, on the back of some of these investments you've mentioned have been created and, uh, more importantly, how important some of those skill, uh, those skill transfer and training opportunities have been, uh, especially in areas like, uh, I guess, uh, component supply, uh, the PV uh, areas that you speak of, which in many ways are industries of the future. Um, and then even in the agri-processing space, which we know in many cases happens to be very labor-intensive. Yes. Look, we have uh, created 4,656 jobs. I'm talking now about uh, the direct jobs, not the, uh, the, 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 the temporal ones. The temporal ones, uh, over the, five, the, the last five years, um, they were 3,471, but those are just temporal ones, for instance, that are attached to the contractors, uh, our mm. service providers, once that project ends, so it also ends, but it's better than nothing, you know, because at least for a certain period of time, there's something, and they do get exposure. Mm. Um, we, we, we have also established what we call a, a renewable energy standard of excellence, which is a facility that is at the forefront of pioneering new skills in the renewable energy space. Okay. Um, we have, we have a, a joint venture there and fact, a partnership with the Master Artisans Academy of South Africa, um, uh, which centers offers various internationally accredited training programs to, to support, you know, this sector. Um, over 400 students have participated in this program and have mm. now qualified as certified artisans in different disciplines. 
So I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a remarkable achievement. And uh, some of the programs that we uh, we offer in this band, like actually the, the training of electricians and electrical engineers in the installation of these panels that I was talking about, your know, photovoltaic uh, photovoltaic systems. Mm. There is also a program that we call a solar tier training program, which is an internationally accredited 18-month program for renewable energy professions uh, that is offered only at, at, at our center. Um, I think there are various other opportunities that we have created, for instance, where we provide internship programs that is aimed at providing graduates of up to 35 years of age mm-hmm. with an opportunity to get much needed industry experience in, in various fields, you know, building relations and demonstrating value to potential employers. And I'm happy to report that currently um, we have 95 graduates that have received experiential learning uh, and 78 mm-hmm. of them have already gained their full-time employment. Okay. And and seven of them, in fact, have been employed by us. Uh, that, that is Lennon, I did that, so to speak. Wow. We also have uh, leadership opportunities, uh, leadership contract opportunities uh, that have been created to 44 young professionals over mm. the five-year cycle, you know, to expose them to various construction industry-related sure. experience. You know, to, as you know that, you know, to just uh, graduate from a university, you know, it's not easy to get a job. You must demonstrate that, you know, you, you have been exposed, uh, you have gained some experience. So the idea here is to make them more employable. Mm. You know, towards once they get up out of these leadership opportunities, um, then it becomes easier for, the, for, for, for them to get employment. Mm. We have mm. also now, as a company, there's a passary to help to develop those skills in the Eastern province to encourage, for instance, mathematics, science, and technology-related uh, skills, um, you know. So we have, up to this far, we have spent $2.5 million on the passage schemes, uh, mm-hmm. where, where we have produced five graduates, and currently we are supporting 11 students, you know, mm-hmm. starting towards a, a wide variety of disciplines in those rescues. So we are trying okay. to, you know, other than, you know, developing, um, you know, the zone, you know, attracting investors, we are also developing skills because in our experience, you know, we've learned that, you know, uh, one of the key success of any area as an investment and as an investment destination, it has to have the necessary skills. Mm. Because otherwise, if you don't sure. have skills, then, you will not be able to move the economic activities up mm. to the chain, which is okay. what uh, you know uh, companies want, sure. especially sure. your your multinationals. Okay, Bowsen, we'll have to leave it there. Um, so guys, I really appreciate uh, you taking time out to share uh, some of the uh, work that you guys are doing there at uh, the East London IDZ, and uh, I certainly hope you can invite us. And Galinyu Tuba uh, to go there yeah. and uh, see some of uh, these entities that are operating there to speak to some of uh, the young people that are benefiting from the learnerships and the skills development opportunities that you have on offer. But uh, oh, okay. I'll certainly we'll certainly communicate with you and uh, give you a sense the next time classes in Bumakoloni, and uh, we'll certainly pay you a visit. Thank you very much, Bong. Have a good one too.
Ngozgakulu. That there was Mr. Tembeela Zweni. Uh, he is the Chief Operating Officer at the East London IDZ. Speaking to us uh, as a part of our business wrap this evening, we're going to take a brief break now. And when we come back, uh, we uh, get some reaction on the medium-term budget policy statement. I'm already joined uh, by uh, Matthew Parks. He's from the uh, Parliamentary Office of uh, the uh, Congress of South African Trade Unions. He's the Parliamentary Coordinator there, and uh, he's going to join us for that. I'm also going to be joined shortly by the researcher at the Institute for Economic Justice, Busi Sibego, and uh, also going to be joined on the line by the President of the Black Business Council, Sandy Lezungu. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, the MTBPS delivered this afternoon by Finance Minister Tito Mboweni. Stay tuned.